Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay. It's a Wednesday, and I'm on my way to the station. And I'm thinking to myself, as I'm driving behind the wheel, I'm thinking to myself, you know, and Bill put this very well. You know, you come off the stage, and you have your accolades, and your head gets a little bit high for a minute and a half. And then life has a way of bringing you right back down to earth. Am I right? Am I right? So, you know, I I accepted this beautiful award on Monday, and I was honestly up a lot of the night beforehand thinking about what did I want to say to this group of judges. I won the Liberty Bell Award, which really meant so much to me because most of my life since I got on the air and became judge, so that confluence happened about 10 years ago, I have struggled to stay in very separate lanes. Nobody's allowed to call me judge on the radio, and I make that very clear and it's not in any of my show prep for people, and they have to look me up and Google me to find out that I'm a judge in my other life. Occasionally, I mention it, because like yesterday, I was chatting with Jimmy Webb, who is one of the greatest songwriters of the 20th century, in my opinion, and he was he went on a bit of a tangent talking about Glenn Campbell and going through Alzheimer's disease with Glenn Campbell, because Glenn Campbell was not only his, in some respects, muse, but in a lot of respects, his best friend. And they were 10 years apart, which was a lot when Jimmy Webb was 16, but not that much when Glenn Campbell, I mean, it was a lot when, when Jimmy Webb was 16 and Glenn Campbell was 26. But the distance of 10 years shrinks as you get older. And apparently they were truly, truly close friends and their kids grew up together. And so... Basically, Jimmy Webb was talking about how heroic he thought Glenn Campbell was through the various stages of Alzheimer's disease. And I chimed in that I was a probate judge because it was relevant to the conversation about Alzheimer's disease because one of the things I try and do on the air is inform people that Alzheimer's disease does not go from zero to 100. It actually has seven distinct stages for many people. Some slip in and out of some of the stages more quickly than others. Some of the stages include paranoia. In other words, you don't just go from 
Some of them include being angry and aggressive, and then you become very docile and sweet. So, so for a lot of people who don't understand Alzheimer's, it really isn't from zero to 100. There's a lot of in between with a lot of good days and good moments in days. Anyway, but it's a sad degenerative disease, and ultimately people die from Alzheimer's. If they don't die from something else, they die from Alzheimer's because they forget how to swallow. The body forgets how to do something even as automatic as that, and that's how they die. Die in their own saliva, spit, whatever. Anyway, so, but I'm going to digress back. So the point is that I spend a lot of my life, in fact, most of it, worrying that I'm not going to do anything that steps over the ethical boundaries as judge while I'm on the radio, which means I try and steer very clear of being politically opinionated, sometimes having to bite my lip until it bleeds in order to do that. And But I do that because it's really important to me to be respected as a judge and to keep my position as a judge and to not do anything wrong. You know me, I'm the original goody, good, good, good girl. So... When I won the Liberty Bell Award, the Liberty Bell Award is given to, generally speaking, other judges. It was given to Senator Joe Lieberman years ago. It's given to people that this particular bar association, which is the oldest in Connecticut, and I think one of the five oldest in the country, over 100 years old, this bar association, the Greater Bridgeport Bar Association, they give it to people who they think promote, quote, respect for civic engagement and respect for the rule of law promote civic engagement and respect for the rule of law, which, what else am I about other than civic engagement and respect for the rule of law every single day? And apparently, when I asked why I was chosen for this, I'm not a member of that bar association, the guy who told me told me that a couple of dozen people had been mentioning me for quite some time, and I was an easy, I was an easy pick. So, okay, lovely and wonderful, I get this award. I'm spending the night before thinking about what do I want to say, because here's the cool thing about the award. It is given in the courthouse during the lunch hour of the judges. And the judges in the courthouse are invited to come to the event. Now, obviously, they don't have to show. But they knew that it was going to be 10 or 12 actual judges in the room, which is extraordinary, really, as an opportunity to speak in front of judges. And as it turns out, a couple of my probate judge colleagues came as well, including the head of the probate court administration, which was a big deal for me, and my own general manager of the radio station, Kristen Okerson, showed up, which meant so much to me. My daughter has a phrase called worlds colliding, and I thought, this is it. This is my worlds colliding. And when I thought about what I wanted to say to this group, I realized there were two things on my mind, and you can listen to the speech. I posted places. It's four minutes and 20 seconds, and I basically wanted to talk a little bit about my father, who I realized is the reason I became both the judge and on the radio, with the huge support, by the way, of my own husband, who I thanked first, Bill, who gave me beautiful flowers and was there. And I wanted to talk about despair, cynicism, and ignorance, actual ignorance, not colored, political, opinionated ignorance, where you say, well, you don't understand this, and therefore you don't, you're, you're not agreeing with me. I'm not talking about that. 
I'm talking about like not knowing the three branches of the government. I'm talking about real ignorance. People don't know stuff. They don't know that we have a constitution. They don't know that we have ten, uh, the first ten amendments or something called the Bill of Rights. They don't know what the Bill of Rights are. And we are seeing this every single day. It's playing out in ways large and small. And it is going to be, if our republic falls, it will fall because we haven't done the proper job of educating people about how we became a republic, what are the advantages of being a democracy, a republic, and why this form of government is better than any other form, even though it is also deeply flawed because no one's been able to figure out a way that is perfect to govern ourselves. But when you compare it to other systems, it's still a lot better because it gives a human, it gives a human the, the birthright of dignity and freedom of expression. And many other societies don't do that. So anyway, I'm thinking about these three things, despair, ignorance, and uh, uh, despair, ignorance, and cynicism, which is also corrosive. And I realize what I want to tell these judges is that we, in the room, collectively, a group of educated people, a group of advocates, of leaders, of people in the judiciary, of people that, to some extent, um, have a say in what's on the media, that we are the antidote. We are the answer. And if we don't lead by example, and we don't provide the answers, and we don't continue to educate and insist and promote respect for civility and civics itself, then we have nobody to blame but ourselves. And that's why every single day I get up in the morning completely and totally committed and impassioned to what I'm doing. And it's why, frankly, I don't do it for any money, which is another conversation. And I scratch myself a lot and say, how is it, Lisa, at the end of the year that you have put no money into your pocket while you've paid some other people, not a lot of money, but enough to keep the show going? But that's another conversation. We'll have to have that on another drive through Anyway, so I do what I do and I love what I do. And that's what I wanted to say and that's what I said. And I'm feeling pretty cool, feeling pretty cocky. And coming home and feeling good. And then how long does it take, less than 24 hours later, when I get a knock? This is life. This is life. I get a call from somebody at my station telling me that an intern, a high school intern, is upset because I asked her to leave her chair. And what happened was I did did definitely and I did it in a curt and abrupt way probably should have been nicer around the edges I would say that that's true but what happened is I was going into be a end of show guest on the morning show right before mine which I frequently do and she was sitting in the seat behind the microphone and so I said can you get out I need to sit down there and, and do my thing and I said it like that like please get out or get out and I need to do this thing because we were on the air in another 30 seconds and I was thinking about being on the air and being on the air again for two hours at 10 o'clock, and I didn't understand why she was looking at me and not moving, okay? That was the misunderstanding. But I definitely communicated in a curt way, no question about it. Anyway, and in retrospect, it turns out it was a misunderstanding because I just found out this morning that she had been told to sit there by her boss, which is my morning show gal, who's a dear friend of mine and I adore and that's because she is supposed to be side-by-side -side learning and getting a mentorship for this internship. So she was confused and befuddled. She didn't understand why I was asking her to move. 
I get that now. But the point is that she called the program director of the whole station. And he had to get involved and talk to me about it and hear my side. And, you know, I thought to me, this is what I thought to myself. Are you, are you kidding me? That's what I thought to myself. Because I'm thinking to myself back when I was an intern, maybe you can relate to this, maybe not. I'm sure that there were a lot of mistakes that I made, and I'm sure there were things that were misunderstandings, and I'm sure that I got my feelings hurt. I'm sure of it, because that's part of being in the world. You get your feelings hurt, people that know more or think they know more or are rude or abrupt, whatever it is, they're in their own space. And maybe they don't treat you with kid gloves, and maybe that's part of being an intern, to learn that the world doesn't always treat you with kid gloves. But it never would have occurred to me Never in a million years to call the boss, who I wasn't really working for, and complain about another employee, much less somebody who was um, somebody who was respected at the station, who was behind the microphone. It just wouldn't have occurred to me. And I said that to the person, to, to my program director, and he said to me, yeah. It's a different world now. It just is. It's a different work environment. And so my very long-winded point of this particular diatribe is two things. Number one, a recognition that no, no matter how great you're feeling about anything, there's always going to be something that takes you down a peg, and that's probably good, and that's life. That's life. But then the other thing is that what have we done? What have we done in telling the next generation or in somehow communicating to the next generation all the things that they think that they're entitled to in the way of a workplace? And I mean this sincerely. And I'm not saying that I don't owe uh, these people an apology for being curt and abrupt. And that's life. And I will. And I already have. That's not what I mean. I really don't mean that at all. What I mean is that it appears to me that we are raising a generation and have raised a generation of people whose feelings are their most important commodity. Not the way they do their job, not sucking it up once in a while, not communicating maybe to me or to her own boss, instead going above heads, whatever it is, but it's not just this. This is one tiny, tiny example, because I bet that you could share your own anecdote and you could share your own story. But, you know, they, they said that the millennial generation was a very entitled generation. I have two kids that are millennials. And they agreed with me all the time. I mean, I never said that to them. They would say to me, Mommy, we can I have one as a boy and one as a girl. They're both very hardworking. And they both had a fair amount of achievement. And one of the reasons they've had a fair amount of achievement is because they have an edge. And the edge that they have is that they're actually willing to work hard, suck it up, uh, take some criticism along the way, and get better. And work hard. Did I mention that? Like stay longer hours, check in early, do the extra thing, go the extra mile. And I always told them all the time that it was not going to be their intelligence that got them ahead. I firmly believe that. A willingness to work hard will get you way further ahead any day of the year than native intelligence, than any kind of born intelligence. 
if you're willing to go the extra mile and work hard, everybody around you recognizes it and appreciates it. And that will never change. But it particularly distinguishes young people today. Because young people today in general are not particularly willing to work hard. And, and, and with that also is an expectation that they and their feelings will be treated as if they have earned, after 10, 20, or 30 years in a field, the right to that kind of respect. Everyone's entitled to the basic modicum of respect. I would agree with that all the time. But there's earned respect as well. And there are a lot of people in the younger generation who don't feel they have to earn it. I hope I'm not sounding like sour grapes today. Maybe a little. I'm good with that. But it's a reflection and an understanding on this. So this may never hear the light of day. Um, this may be my own meanderings on a Wednesday morning. I'm going to hear from Jennifer Holliday. Yesterday it was Jimmy Webb. Basically, I'm good. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 